Hello guys, welcome to the episode 7 of the Sportsman Podcast, a podcast for sports fans, by sports fans. I'm Jack Kitson and today I'm joined by Russell Palmer. Hello Russ. Hi Jack. And Anthony Eadson. Morning Jack. As we preview this week's uh, the 146th Open Championship at Royal Birkdale. Um, so before we get into the nitty gritty, uh, both you guys were at the practice yesterday. Um, How'd you get on? Yeah, it was good. Yeah, just up the road from us, really, from our Manchester offices. So jumped in the car, went up on an absolutely glorious day. Um, the practice day is really good. You get great access and stuff. We took some uh, sort of some good videos, pictures, and some recordings. Um, I think we should have a listen to see how we got on. Okay, so we found our way to the uh, back of the sixth green here at Birdell. Um, glorious points possibly the highest point on the course in terms of being in the grandstand. When you look over the back of the uh, stand, you can see all out into the English, uh, the, the Irish Sea rather, um, Blackpool to the right, you can see the tower, and then looking away to the left, you can see Snowdonia. In terms of the actual hole, this is the uh, toughest hole on the course. It's uh, 499 uh, par four, which uh, played to 4.75 when the tournament was played here back in 2008. Um, we've got a few players coming up onto the green. I believe this is a, uh, a Thai trio. Um, I can see uh, Tong Chai JD there. Um, one of the guys was dialed in and just hit one to uh, six feet, making a mockery of that uh, stroke index. Um, we've got some Americans out on the course now. We just saw Dustin Johnson. Um, seem to be playing in between groups but when you're Dustin Johnson you can do what you like um, uh, it's busying up on the course now still an absolutely glorious day um, can Johnson do it this year? Oh, he's got off the boil a bit after such a good sort of end to last season and beginning part of this year he's been in the top 10 three times at the Open um, just guess it's all about his uh, his mindset going into this week um, Brooks Cup goes out on the on the course as well. Um, obviously, obviously, the winner of the U.S. Open uh, last time out, and we're starting to see some bigger names with Rory McIlroy out a bit later on. We'll try and get a closer look at him. Okay, so we've made our way down to the eighth hole, which is uh, well, if it wasn't a tough enough start here at Birkdale, the eighth certainly not going to give them any easy let up. It's a par four. 458 yard, very narrow, which is pretty much the same for every hole at Birkdale. Bunker ridden, uh, a real test. Um, you can see Jordan Spieth's caddies out on the fairway, his uh, yardage book ready for Thursday. It's a beautiful day here today. Um, there is a light breeze, not a cloud in the sky. Um, I don't know if it's going to be like that come Thursday, but I think the scoring could be reasonably good if we get off to a start like this. Um, not too many punters out on the course. It's such a big area, you wouldn't really uh, you wouldn't really be able to tell, but we'll crack on and see what else we can see. So as you can see, it's absolutely glorious here today at Bur Bur Burdale. It's bringing back memories of the summer of 76, when we had six brush fires here locals were on hand with, with buckets of water. They really do get a mixed bag of, of, of weather down here. Even by British standards, the weather can be absolutely appalling and very, very erratic. I know that 
few of the locals that have, have a saying down here and they, they say there's one thing that's certain about the weather at Royal Birkdale it's only fit for dogs and Scotsmen and pff, this week I've had a look at the forecast and there, there, are, there is going to be a few, few thunderstorms on Wednesday I think the players should should have a decent time of it in compared to pa past opens where the conditions have been really challenging and that, that has been shown through the, the past winning scores that we've had here. I know in 1998 Mark O'Meara finished e e even par before in 2008 Podrick Harrington had, had a winning score of, of plus, plus three, an, an astonishing score really. But it's something that the players are going to have to learn to deal with, and especially the young ones who don't have much experience over here in the UK dealing with these challenging conditions. It's something that they're definitely going to have to work on in the game this weekend. So we've made our way to the 18th hole, uh, perched up in the massive grandstand. To the left of me is the 18th green, overlooked by the fantastic Art Deco uh, Royal Birkdale Clubhouse, all white with the big windows. There's a few members sitting out there, maybe sipping a G&T. Uh, Stuart Manley uh, is on the practice on the green, uh, having a few practice putts. It's not a massive target. And the 18th hole is one of the hardest. To the right of me, about 20 yards away, would be where Justin Rose played his uh, shot back in 1998 when he was the leading amateur. Uh, he holed out for birdie to finish two over. Um, it's funny, Justin Rose obviously be very popular again with punters this week, but he's only had one top 10 finish in his ten, last 10 appearances at the Open Championship, so it's not really been a very happy hunting ground for him. Um, perhaps one that's not really uh, good value in the betting this week. Uh, we're going to move on, um, wrap up for the day. It's been a really fantastic day here. Had really good access and got close up to some of the, the leading players. Okay, so we've had a really, really good look at the course today. We've walked all the holes. Um, we've probably come on the, the best day possible uh, that we're going to see this week in terms of the weather. Anton, how did you uh, find the a, the experience, and B, do you think um, from walking the holes there, well, you've given yourself any extra insight into what it'll take to win the Open this week? Yes, I've had, I've had a fantastic day. Uh, it's my, my first time at, at an Open venue. say is that not notably the first six holes look particularly tough I know we've, we've got the first and the sixth hole which were the two hardest holes back back in 2008 and that end, ends with a 499 yard par four dog leg on, on the sixth you've got two nasty bunkers that down the fairway followed by new, numerous pot bunkers scattered around the un undulating green I think you'll do really well to get it stuck on the dance floor and get get down in par there on, on the sixth. The greens are in particular look small to me. Um, 
and and the fairways narrow exactly. what you'd expect exactly. obviously with Harrington when Harrington won here in 2008 he won with a winning score of three over par and I think uh, taking the top five into account I think the tie for fifth uh, Chris Wood was shot ten, 10 over par um, so like I said I think we're going to get some rain on Wednesday which might soften the course up a bit but if, if it howls it, there's going to be some big big scores going in there um, I personally would say, as always with an Open, you want to be looking for the more experienced players uh, to come through. We saw uh, we saw Jordan Spieth up close, actually. Um, he, he went close at the Open a couple of years ago at St Andrews, but that's, that's the easiest course on the circuit. Um, I don't know if, if he could see him winning here. I mean, obviously, we only saw him hit one shot, but it wasn't very good, was it? Um, <laughs> he, he, he does. He needs to stay in contention and not, not lose his head. If, if you can get get round those, those, those first six holes and be in contention on the back nine, you've got a lot more chance of birdies. The players won't, won't see a par five and, until the 15th, so they really need, need to make sure that they keep their head, use their experience and li listen to your caddy. We, we, we know that we, we saw Jordan Spieth's caddy walk walking the course this morning before going out with Jordan, making notes, speaking to some some locals about the course and how it plays really. Conditions can be notoriously, notoriously tough here. The, you can often get four seasons worth of weather in, in, a, in a day, in a day and having a look at the forecast is just, it, it, it looks a little difficult go, going into the weekend. Thursday and Friday should be fine but come the weekend and I think that, that wind is going to be getting up certainly. Um, someone should write a song about that. Uh, <laughs> on a scale of 1 to 10, Anton, would you say uh, how sunburnt might you be uh, when you work in, walk into the office tomorrow? You've been slapping on the flat factor 50. I think you might have looked after yourself. I have. I've, I've, put, I've pulled out my, my factor 50. There's been a su smell of sun cream in the air all, all afternoon. and <laughs> I could be walking in like Jack Rudolph tomorrow <laughs> in, into the office. <laughs> um, Jack, Jack Rudolph. Love it. Um, yeah, I mean, we probably look a bit of a sight today. We're very much the uh, the, the little and large of, of the sportsmen. There's probably <laughs> a ten. Market. There's probably a ten stone difference between us. <laughs> and I'd be worried if there was any stiff breeze uh, with Anton here. He might get blown away. Um, we'll obviously return to the uh, to the studio and have a good chat about those with a chance with a win. If you are coming down to uh, to to Burtdale, um, it isn't cheap, but it is a fantastic uh, a day out. And I would say going to one of the practice days is really good if you want to get up close, take some pictures and some videos of the players because you can't really do that during the tournament play. It's all pretty relaxed. Everyone's still thinking they can win it. Um, but signing off from, from Birkdale, back, back to the studio. Okay, great. Um, now we move on to the favourites. So we've got, uh, as always, a top cluster. We've got Jordan Spieth, uh, Dustin Johnson, Ricky Fowler. Out of those three, uh, Anton, who do you fancy? Um, I would, I would say Dustin. I just feel he, he's his all-round game. He's just very, very strong. And seen, seen him yesterday on the practice, practice round. He looked in great shape, and he just seems to have an air of confidence about him at the moment that I would be very keen on. Yes, and I think around round sixteen to one is is a great each way bet. Yeah, they're all a similar price, aren't they? Um, me personally, I think Ricky Fowler. Um, he can make it eight consecutive first-time major winners uh, if he can get that 
uh, major monkey off his back. Um, he's won on links before, uh, decent season so far, tied level at the Masters, uh, tied 5th at US Open, and uh, I think he'll be a real popular winner as well. Um, I don't know if you think the same, Russell. I think Fowler would be very popular, yeah. Something we found, something we saw yesterday was basically the marshals, of which there are thousands, are all kitted out in this Hugo Boss uh, uh, uniform, of which is predominantly bright orange uh, top and hat. It looked a bit like a Ricky Fowler convention. So uh, I think it's sort of all yeah, pointing good, towards him if he's yeah. in the in the mix. I think he's just got a bit of a monkey on his back hasn't he mm. um, he's sort of he's still young so I wouldn't necessarily put, file him under sort of like the, the Garcia um, yeah. category obviously Garcia's got that monkey off his back promise no more monkey I think it was more, <laughs> yeah. more, more of a gorilla than a monkey <laughs> <laughs> but um, uh, he would be a popular win I think it's he probably he usually starts well doesn't he and then it's yeah just he's a... sort of got one bad day in him yeah um, he had that amazing year a few years back where he sort of finished second in like three of yeah. the three of the majors in one season, and that might have been his best best chance. But I think it's the most open open I can remember. Definitely. Certainly from a betting perspective, if you think there's probably only about ten points in the betting, uh, dividing the first sort of uh, half a dozen well, dozen in the market, mm. and you can pretty much put a good question mark against the sort of all three of the market leaders. I think Dustin Johnson. He's finished in the top ten three times in the last uh, six years, um, but he's sort of gone off the boil really since yeah. sort of having a brilliant year last year and a good start to this season. Now he's gone sort of completely off the boil, missed his last two cuts and hasn't really been seen for a couple of months. Um, Spieth, I think Spieth's probably the best uh, equipped of those at the top of the betting, but he his driving is a, a bit of an issue. And having walked the course yesterday, the, the driver's going to be used a lot. It's not um, like uh, Hoylake that was played a couple of years ago where you can you know, knock it around with your three iron and, and finish on 17 under par, what have yeah. you. It's going to be a tough test and you're going to have to use the driver on, on quite a few holes. So that's going to be big for him. Um, what do you guys think of uh, McIlroy? I can't remember him being so. He's twenty to one. I mean, I haven't seen that in years and years with him at a major. Um, of course, he's in pretty poor form. Uh, but do you think it could suit him going under the radar a bit? Because usually there's so much pressure on him. He's always at the top of the betting. But it's yeah. a little bit different this time. Well, we know <coughs> he's been hampered by injury this season. He's had rib and back problems. But he's, he's travelled to Birkdale early. After, he, he, he missed the cut at the weekend at the, at the Scottish Open. But I do, I do see that almost as a bit of a positive for Rory. How he, can, he can get down there early, get focused. But to be honest, I, I can't see him being there or thereabouts. So well, he's, miss, he's missed a cut on, Saturday, on uh, the weekend. Yeah. He, he, that's his third missed cut in four starts mm. and his second in a row in, over here in Europe. So he's, he's only had like two, four rounds on the links courses instead of eight. Uh, in Ireland and in Scotland, um, he's got a good open record. You know, he's there. He obviously won it uh, a few years back, but he was uh, he was missing in in action yesterday, wasn't he? he? Was, we he were was. kept expecting him because 
because the, the the sort of communication is so great now at the at the Open. So you even on a practice day you get a list of all the players who are out on the course. What and we just kept seeing Roy McIlroy tee off at two thirty. No, nowhere to be seen. No. no, didn't see him on the practice round. So Enigma. I don't know if that there's anything into that whether he's still struggling with injury or what have you. And I don't really buy this under the radar business because. The under the, he doesn't care what he is in the betting. Mm, the under yeah. the radar is if no one's giving you any attention when you're at the actual course, whereas yeah. everyone giving me attention. That's what all the crowds will be following him on Thursday, Friday. And is there anyone? Well, we can tie this in with the best of the rest. Sort of, is there anyone you saw at the practice who thought, "Here we go, they look uh, like they look at them." I mean, it's hard. It's hard it's to hard say. Hard they're, they're, you know, when you see them up close, what you do see is how how good they are, and they're playing without any pressure in pretty much benign conditions yesterday. Um, we sat behind the fourth tee, which is 199 par three, down onto the green, which is obviously well guarded with pop, pop bunkers. And um, pretty much everyone that came through the four or five groups we watched were all just nailing it within sort of like 10, 10 20 feet uh, with using six irons, which come come Thursday, if the wind gets up a bit under thingy, I'm going again on Thursday, I'll probably plonk myself there for a few hours yeah, and see the, see the difference when it's actually in tournament play. Um, Lee Westwood was, was hitting it nice and straight. Um, we were very, very impressed with, with Bill Hass. We were, he was, he was carving up the course. What price is he? He's about 150 to 1. A cool 150 <laughs> to 1. Great value. Um, I think the weather's okay on Thursday. Anthony, you've got a little weather update at the moment because wind, of course, could be a big factor. There. I have, yes. Obviously, when, when we were there yesterday, we were basking in the sunshine and I think they're going to get more of the same today, 25 degrees, but that is going to be followed tomorrow by some thunderstorms. There is a yellow weather warning in place from the Met's office. But Thursday, Friday, we're looking a lot more pleasant, cooler, a bit of light drizzle on Friday. <laughs> Followed by some sunshine and showers over the weekend, but I, I don't think the winds will be too much of a problem this weekend, especially comparing it to past championships. They, they've had all, all sorts of erratic, to say the least. But it, it, it should be pretty content this weekend. Pretty content. Look, look out, John Ketley. They're sporting great tans, I might, a, might say as well. We've got a weatherman in our know, <laughs> yeah. The new Michael oh. Fish. Yes. <laughs> Alright, uh, we move on to best of the rest and we start off with the Masters champion, a man who did get a monk of his back, or gorilla of his back, uh, Sergio Garcia. Um, top six in his last three open appearances. I think he's got ten top ten finishes in total. Um, he's going to get married next week, I believe. So what a... Uh, Early present that would be. Everything looks look right, doesn't it? Yeah. That form on paper is incredibly strong. He was fifth at Troon last year, sixth at St Andrews the year before, and then a second at, at Hoylake where he came very, very close. But the doubts are gone now, and I, I feel he's in the best shape of his life, really. And he should go really well this week. Yeah, oh, well, not much to add to that. He's definitely my main, main pick at the prices. Um, I think he's around the 20 to 1 mark and if you think really there's only sort of uh, he's the same price as Tommy Fleetwood who's missed, <laughs> missed three diff- I mean, he's, he's a real talking horse he's obviously in good form he's a fantastic ball striker but for him to be a 20 to 1 shot in an open championship even it's nonsense though, 
Does he know the course better than most? Well, he's from around there. He's a local lad, but he wasn't actually a member there. I know that he used to sneak on on as a kid, yeah. So I just feel that the pressure that's going to be on him this week and the the crowds following. Could that fire him up and have a great support? I'd I'd love to say, yeah, but but at 16 to 1, I wouldn't be going anywhere near him, to be honest. Not, not, not for me. He was two hundred to one at the start of the year. He's <laughs> a he's, he's real, you know. And you could say the same for. He's you know, never made the cut, has he? John Rahm's a similar Rahm. price to yeah. the, the Spaniard who won in um, Ireland a couple yeah. of weeks ago, and he's another one that's uh, obviously a bit of a talking horse and a form form guy. But it's a big ask to, yeah. to be picking up these. I think that leads us on nicely to to how they're both two very young players, and the, the Open is the major that tends to suit the older, more 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 experienced golfer. It does. Uh, yeah, definitely. In the last, I, I, don't, I was having the, a look at this. Yeah, and in the last twenty-four majors, the five oldest winners have come in the Open. So if you look at Stenson was forty, Mickelson was forty-three, Clark was forty-three, and Els was forty-two, and Johnson was only just knocking on the door of forty. He was thirty-nine at the time. Yeah. Um, and if you look at the actual opposite end of the scale, the, the sort of Rory was 25 and Oosthuizen was 27, but they're the only two open winners since sort of 2000, 2007, before sort of Tiger was dominating things that were at the other end of the, the age scale. So they did one winner in their 30s, and that was he was basically turning 40 a few months later. Yeah, actually, yeah, yeah. basically. And a player 38 or over has won the open 32% of the time in the last yeah. 25 years. And if you think compare that with the other three majors, the average is ten percent. So mm. that, that's a pretty telling that's stat there. to me, yeah. And then you think of the ones who have contended as well in recent years. You don't mm. have to go that far back to see Tom Watson nearly winning it. <coughs> I, th- th- I think Greg Norman as yeah, well. Yeah, Greg Norman. Yeah, when it was last played at Berta, he was leading after th- three rounds and then mm. blew up on the on the final round. It was a horrendous uh, day, weather that day. Um, and Stuart Sink, obviously, he beat um, uh, Watson. Uh, in 2009 was um, it yes it was yeah. he, he was no spring chicken himself yeah. so. you guys uh, mentioned uh, Henrik Stenson of course the defending champion he, he's just not been mentioned not it's, at all it's just his form this year really has been so poor mm. yeah it's you know I, I'm a big well, I'm a big believer in course form and recent form I don't mm. think you can just switch things on in golf you need to be play yourself into a bit of a yeah. form the one thing with Stenson is, is that when he's hot he is really hot so you expect I mean, him to last yeah, yeah he just, he's a sort of streaky guy I mean he, and before I mean he's had injuries and he had an eye problem a few years back so he went a bit off the radar for for a couple of years but other than that you might have a quiet sort of first part of the year and finish the end of the year he's the kind of guy that when he won the FedEx Cup he's just absolutely creamed yeah. at the end of the season so he's a thirty to one fan. I'm interested. And Anthony also mentioned uh, Phil Mickelson, the 2013 champion. Uh, two top te- two finishes in his last four opens. Uh, you back him? Yes, I think I'm. A, a, he's around the forty to one, fifty to one mark, and I think that's a fantastic each way price. We know that he was the Open champion in 2013. Then he had that incredible duel with, with, with Stenson last year, hitting a record equaling 663. Um, but it's the first time 
in in eleven years that Mickelson chose chose to skip the, the Scottish Open, and it depends depends how how we read in into that. We know that he split with his caddy Bones Bones back in June, but since then he, he's had a top ten finish at, at the FedEx and uh, a top a top twenty at, at, at the Green Beer. And I, I just think he, he's, he's got the experience, he's, he's got the quality, and on his day, he's, he's a phenomenal player. He's, he's finished in the top in, in the in the top two three times in the last six years. Yeah. And we talk we talk about form form at the Open, and I just think that's really solid. And for me, he's a little overpriced at forty fifty to one. He was phenomenal last year. He was pretty unlucky because he absolutely ran into a steam train in the in the shape of Stenson. But yeah. the two of them pulled so far clear of the rest of the field. They're like on a different planet that week. Um, I would do anything to say about <coughs> Mickelson would would be if if the weather gets a bit rough. I'm not sure it really sort of suits him. Mm. It could be a bit wild and. I would say he's the weather a, seems to be okay, but you never know. The well, <laughs> he's eight to eleven to be the top left-hander. So like only a three-runner market. Bubba Watson's gone at the game. Um, Brian Harmon's the other guy, and he's he's eight eleven. I think that's a bit of a yeah. banker material. If you want to get really stuck in on, mm. a, on a short price, that would be my. There you go. It's an early uh, an early bet. Um, any other for me in terms of juicy outsiders? Uh, Fifty to one, Alex Nolan, the Swede. Uh, won five tournaments in the last year, including the BMW PGA Championship uh, a couple of months ago. Uh, he's up to ninth in the world. He won the Scottish Open last year. I mean, I don't think he made the cut uh, last week. But um, back into bounce back. And, of course, make it a back-to-back Swedish um, winner. So hopefully be invigorated by Stenson's performance last year. And, of course, he finished 19th uh, when it was last held at Birkdale. Uh, 2008, and that was his first major. So, really looking forward to seeing what he's got to offer um, this week. Um, yeah, yeah see, he, he's really come on it in, in the last two years. He's, he's maturing nicely, and he's just his all-round game. He's looking a, a lot stronger. I don't know. If there's any big prices if you uh, well managed to unearth. When you talk about Norren, I think he's obviously got a chance. It's just whether he can make that step up. It's a bit like Fleetwood, where mm. there are multiple mm. winners on the European tour, but can they make that step up? And win a major, and it's the the majors in whole have been going through a, a stage recently where they've had first time winners. So I think there's been seven first time winners in a row, which is the longest stretch uh, back to when McDowell won at the U.S. Open. There was a stretch of nine, uh, but this all sort of ties into sort of the end of the dominance of Tiger Woods, which, yeah, which funnily enough, came around sort of at 2008 mm. um, when it was at Birkdale. Um, so we can sort of maybe look who could be the sort of the, the main guys that are coming in who haven't won a major before. So Fowler would be most people's yesterday. Yeah, yeah I was reading a an, a good article about um, uh, on GolfDigest.com where they took the the last nine years major performances and attributed like the FedEx Cup point system uh, to each player. So six six hundred points for a win, three hundred and thirty for a run up, etc., etc then divided that by the number of majors played in that period sort of to get an average and give the younger players a, a chance to stack up against the older ones. And if you look down, Jordan Speed came out on top of the list, um, but obviously he's, he's won a major. So I was trying to see who was the highest one who hadn't actually won a major before. And can you guess, can you guess who that would be? Based on sort of consistency and being up there and thereabouts in, in, over this period. Well, I would say Fowler, but I don't think it's going to be him, is it? Not Fowler. 
Westwood. Lee John. Lee John Westwood. Top of the, <laughs> Lee John. Top of the three. Yeah. Which also West, ties... 70 in, to 180. Yeah, it ties in nicely about the, the sort of age of winners yeah. stat I was given before. I think he's really... He's, uh, I've always been one to say he's never, ever going to win one. Could he's be? had his chances, but maybe. We saw him yesterday, probably hit it the close. I mean, can't really read too much into this, but yeah. he probably hit it very relaxed. Him and Billy Foster, his caddy, were talking on the third green about who the next Doctor Who was going to be. They were, you were having a laugh and joke about it. Yeah, Foster yeah. was pretty uh, scathing. <laughs> yeah. He's actually my one of my best bets. Uh, first round leader at 70 to 1. So. Yeah, so. Go on, Westy. Um, right, we venture on to the top English player. It's been 25 years since an Englishman won. Uh, that was Sir Nick Fowler back in 92. In four set years since an Englishman won in England. Do you know that was? Yes, I do. 97. Go, Russ. Uh, Tony Jackson. Yeah. 69. I wasn't born. The 60s. Yeah. Big time. <laughs> Um, so the bet at the moment we've got ten to three Justin Rose, four to one Tommy Fleetwood, six to one Paul Casey, who's my pick for that market. Then we got Ian Polt at twelves, Westy at fourteen to one, and also uh, Beef Andrew Johnston at twenty five to one. Is there anyone? Uh, yeah, your taste buds. There, there, there's one who, who we didn't actually mention in there, Jack, and that's Cyril Hatton, and I think he's available at sixteen to one 16 in, in the top Englishman market. He's also available at hundred to one to to win the tournament, and he finished tied fifth last year at the Open, where I did actually back him myself at a, a, free, a free figure price. He then, <laughs> he, he then went on to win the Alfred Dunhill at St Andrews in, in October, where where he equalled the course record on his third round with, with a stunning round of 62 this, this season he started really well time for fourth place at the Honda Classic and also at the Arnold Palmer Invitational he has he has missed the cut at this year's Masters in the US Open however what I would say all, all his best form is on linked courses and at, at a big price I really yeah, can't, can't, I can see him go, going well this well, week sold I, it don't, well. I don't know about oh, no, Tyrrell Hatton ha, ha, <laughs> that's ha, the great I don't thing. know about Tyrrell Hatton I'd call him Tyrrell Hedgegon <laughs> <laughs> he's missed is he waiting for that yeah obviously he did well here last year but he's missed his last four cuts yes, yeah. I think and obviously you alluded to his form in the two majors before he's mm. a very fiery kind of character he is emotional so He's only a young You'd man. You'd want to see him having that under check, you know, in, in check and get before I'd be parting any cash on, on Tyrrell. You heard on the recording that I basically wrote, put a line through Justin Rose. I think he's, a, he's obviously a very super consistent player, but his form at the, at the Open really doesn't, mm. doesn't stack up. We saw Casey yesterday, absolutely flushes the boys, one of the sort of top, you know, they call him Popeye because his forearms are so, so big. He's, uh, <laughs> He obviously go well. I wouldn't have anything to do with Porter. He only qualified for the Open uh, last week That's in regional yeah. qualifying. Was well, second in 2008. He was, yeah, but he was a different player in 2008. Yeah. He's a grafter, I'll give him that. But, you know, he, he qualified via regional qualifying at Woburn, which is just like his home club, so he had a bit of an advantage with that. But he had to come through the, the back door. He did back that up at the weekend in, um, in, in Scotland, but I think he hasn't got... The, the sort of form he slipped to something like 64 in the world now yeah. but he hasn't got that recent form to be able to play over the four days so I would probably just stick with Westwood at 14s I think that's a, a, a good a good price of those you quoted okay uh, before we finish <coughs> up um, if I could firstly get your best bet or juicy bet and then secondly who you think is going to win I uh, will start off with uh, you Anton 
Um, I'd, I'd say my, my best bet is is each way Phil Mickelson at fifty to one. We've already spoke about him, great price. But I, I also have, have a bit of, a bit of a banker for you as well, and, and that would be the the, the top Spaniard market. We, we've got four players in there: John Rom, Cabrera Bay. They've won the Spaniards have won the Irish Open yeah, yeah. and the Scottish Open. Yeah, and the Masters. And, we, and the Masters, of course, yeah. Go, go, the Garcia is actually six to four to be top Spaniard. John Rahm's the favourite in that market, and I just can't see Rahm going well. Really, I don't think he, he has enough experience for, for this type of event. And at six to four. I see that that as a banker that Sergio's got going to be the the, the top Spaniard. There. You, if if you're fancying something a bit a bit bigger, you could double it up with maybe Podrick Arrington to be the top Irish player. Again, we've only got four four players in that market. Lowry, we saw Lowry yesterday all R- over the place. <laughs> R- Rory's what, what price is you, you can get a nice 11 to 4 on Harrington to be the top Irish top player. Back, and if you double that up with Garcia, you've got a nice double around 7, 8, 8 to 1. I can't see Rory being there thereabouts sun, on Sunday. And for me, they're two nice yeah. prices to get I'd be interested to see if there's a Span- Spaniard against the field bet. So, you know, a, Span- yeah. a Spaniard mm. to win. Um, the I, open, I, what kind of price that would be? I, I did think I saw Star Sports this morning going ten to one on either John Rahm or Sergio to win. Mm. If anyone's fancying a, a bit of the yeah, bit of the Spanish. good little sneaky bets there. Um, as I mentioned earlier, Lee Westwood first on at seventy to one uh, on Harrington now thirteen to two top ten. It's not great, but on McElroy, um so he's missed uh, three of his last five cuts at majors. So I've got about 10 to 3 to miss the cut. Okay, yeah. Nice. So, Value. Never know. Um, right, I've, I've got a heap here. I'll try and whiz through them as quick as possible. <laughs> I've, I've said about Garcia and Westwood. Uh, <clears throat> in the outright, outright betting, also like Mark Leishman, um, who was around 50 to 1, and Kucha was around 55, 60 to 1, purely yeah, based Kucha, on yeah. the stats about first-time winners and, and age. Kucha's um, the age and first-time winner, and Leishman's obviously... Uh, uh, <coughs> Excuse me, is a potential first-time winner, and he's finished uh, second and fifth in his last two uh, trips to the Open, and he was fifth on his last uh, last uh, tour game. He seems to have got his game back together now. Um, some more sort of obscure ones. I had um, Ryan Fox, it's ten ten to one to be the top Australasian. He's a New Zealander. He's the son of Grant Fox, who used to be a fly half for the All Blacks. Um, he plays on the European tour. He's two hundred to one. In the in the outright betting, and you could also back him at 125 to one for for the first round uh, leader. He's had three top tens in his last three starts in Europe. Obviously, been the last two have been links uh, courses. Just think from a from a sort of big price kind of thing. He he could be one that sort of sneaks in there, uh, especially around the sort of first round market. And when he's up against the likes of Adam Scott and uh, Jason Day. In the Australasian mentioned market, those two, yeah. no. Well, I don't oh, think they need yeah. mentioning. No. I don't think Adam Scott can win an Open with a short putter. No. I think that's going to sort of really hold him back. <clears throat> and Day has not really hit the heights as, from a couple of years ago, so they would be sort of my sort of group of bets as it stands. Um, and we just finish off on our picks, yeah, outright picks. I'm going to go for Sergio. Sergio, yeah, yeah, me too. So two for Serge. I'm going to stick with no one, but uh, Sergio, yeah, I think he's going to be fiery. Thanks for listening, guys. Um, you can uh, you can watch on SoundCloud and iTunes. Uh, if you like it, if you don't like it, give it a review. And also, uh, we'll be covering it live on the sportsman.com 
So, uh, well, stay with us for that one. Cheers. Thanks, Rossi. Anton. Cheers. Cheers.